Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. is airing on Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. Good morning, everyone. It's Shannon coming to you from a cold and snowy Ann Arbor. And I'm here to, of course, share an interview as well as talk to you about some new books. So the interview I'm sharing this week is one I did several months ago with romance author Jasmine Guillory. If you are a fan of contemporary romances, some of them lean a little toward the rom-com side of the subgenre, then Jasmine Guillory is an author you should check out if you haven't already. She took the romance world by storm a couple of years ago, and I was so happy to get a chance to talk with her for the podcast about while we were dating. So... Without any further discussion, let's just get right into it. We'll start off with the housekeeping information, followed by the interview, and then I will be back to talk to you about this week's new books. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro Podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am super excited to finally be talking with author Jasmine Guillory. She's someone that I have wanted to have on the podcast for a couple of years now, and whenever I have tried, her schedule has filled up too quickly. (laughs) But finally, she's here. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. So we are talking today about your new book, which is While We Were Dating, and this came out last week at the time of recording, so July 13th here in the U.S. Can you give listeners a little bit of an introduction to this book and kind of what they can expect? Yeah, so this book is about Ben and Anna. Um, Ben is an advertising executive. Anna is the Hollywood star who is heading up his um, most recent ad campaign. And they are kind of immediately attracted to one another once they start working together. And But they know that nothing can go anywhere. They're working together. Um, You know, it's a limited time. And plus, neither of them really has time for a relationship anyway. But Ben helps Anna out with a family emergency and then everything sort of comes to a head between them um, at that point. And so afterwards, they kind of really have to decide what to do about their relationship. And the rest of the book explores that. Ah, yes. So you wrote your first romance, which was The Wedding Date, a few years ago. 
And is while we were dating, does that kind of hang out in that universe or are we exploring like totally new characters here for listeners who might not have known? It is um, a little bit in the same universe. So um, my third book, The Wedding Party, was about Ben's brother, Theo. And Ben um, makes a has a few scenes in The Wedding Party. And as soon as I wrote Ben, like in The Wedding Party, I realized that he was going to he would be a really fun character to explore in his own book. And so a few books later, Ben finally got his own book. That's always so, so nice when you read a book and you find like a supporting character that just really stands out for one reason or another. I'm always really excited when that person finally gets a book. So I'm glad that that is um, a choice that you made here. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to write Ben. I, I was really excited to go back to him. So since your books do seem to be a bit in the same universe, is there a reading order that you recommend or can people pretty much kind of start wherever works best for them? Yeah, people can start wherever. I think um, I really try to write each book as a standalone so that you don't have to have read any of the previous books to really understand this one or really get into it. Um, People from previous books do pop up. So it is fun to kind of um, rediscover them in their own book. But I, I've had lots of readers who kind of read the, you know, the whole way through um, from books one to six. But I've had lots of readers who read in any kind of order and they still uh, they still got everything out of each book. That's awesome. We have this sort of ongoing debate here on the podcast about whether if books are written as a series, even like a loosely connected series, should people read them in order or should they not? And obviously, you know, there is no right answer for this, but we do kind of go back and forth about the best way to read books. I think especially like romance books, this works for because, you know, you often, like you said here, do see characters from previous books. And so, you know, sometimes like people will consider that a spoiler, like you kind of know, you know, how things end up for them. Um, and it's always just really interesting to me the different ways that people people find to enter the world of books. Yeah, I think it's it's fun to kind of think about them as their own book and then think about, you know, sometimes little things pop up. Like I know that I've there have been lots of romance series that I've read in order and then lots that I haven't. Um, or that I've sort of like read the last one and then thought like, I want to read all the, all the others and pick up the others as I could, especially, you know, I, you know, I read a lot of books from the library. And so sometimes one book isn't available. And so I'll kind of grab whatever's there. And I think there are certain series that it's important to read in order if it's like, if they're all about the same people, right? But right. but in a lot of romance series, they're they're about different people each time, and so then I just feel like you can kind of pick and choose what you're what you're in the mood for. So you are not only a romance writer, but a romance reader, then. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love reading. Oh, see, this makes me very very happy. <laughs> I'm always very excited to talk to romance people. Not that like other authors um you know aren't good to talk to because certainly like I love many many authors in many many genres but there's something I think just really special about the romance community and the people who who just really love romance yeah I I think romance readers are so 
passionate and excited about books and it is a really it's a really fun readership to write for um because they really care about books they pick up lots of like I'll put lots of tiny things in books either stuff about previous characters or just little things that people notice and think about and so that has been a lot of fun for me like I love writing romance I you know I have so much fun writing the books and I also really love interacting with readers and you know back back in the days before the pandemic when I got to do um in-person events I love getting to meet readers because people really care so much about the books and it it makes it so rewarding for me as a writer how has the pandemic been for you in terms of writing and publishing and marketing and all those things that in so many ways um, before the pandemic kind of depended on things like like book tours. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the writing has definitely been been a struggle for I think so many of us, especially especially those first few months. Um, nobody really knew what was happening or what was going to mm-hmm. happen. And that made it really hard for me to think into the future, you know, to think about, well, like, if I'm writing a book about contemporary life, like, how do I do that when we don't know what contemporary life is going to look like? And so I just right. had to reframe it in my mind as like, in my mind, I was kind of, kind of writing a book afterwards <laughs> and then we'll see what happens. Um, so I think, you know, in some ways, like writing while we were dating, I, cause I wrote the whole book during the pandemic and starting it was really hard for me. But once I got into it, it was really, um, it was one of the things that kept me going. I think every day I, it you know, it's been such a hard time for so many of us. And it was really a joy to have something to sink into and to really care about as I was writing. Um, I think I have, you know, talking about marketing and publishing. I mean, this is my second book that I published during the pandemic. Um, Party of Two, my fifth book came out last June. And yes. I have really, I have really missed in-person book events. Um, you know, I, I think one of the, I think one of the few positives that we have seen about the pandemic is the increase in virtual events and being able to have like people from places that I, that you don't necessarily visit on book tours get to have these kinds of events. So that I think has been um, really great, but I really miss like getting to meet readers in person. Um, some of, I think the, the best times for me and the things that I have like held on to as a writer have been some of those moments where I've gotten to meet readers and gotten to hear from them about, you know, what they love about my books and what has been important to them. And I think that has been really wonderful for me in the past. So I really look forward to getting to do that again in the future. I am one of the most introverted people probably in the history of life. And so virtual book events have been amazing for me because I'm not someone who's likely to, you know, want to brave the crowd of people to, you know, get to hear an author speak. So just the whole idea that, you know, I can stay in my house where I feel nice and and safe (laughs) and still get to at least, you know, connect in some way with with authors um, has just really been I think one of the biggest pluses um, in sort of this whole past year and a half. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of readers have felt that way. And so that I think is something that 
I think a lot of bookstores and publishers do want to hold on to even when we go back to in-person book events. Um, I can't imagine that there won't be still some virtual events to be able to get to, you know, readers who don't necessarily want to come to a bookstore event or places that we don't get to go to. I mean, I've seen so many international readers um, be able yeah. to into book events. And that I think is really wonderful. Um, you know, I haven't like, I certainly never done a book event outside the U.S. And so that's been really great to see, you know, people from like Europe pop up um, to in, in the Zoom chat room. You know, that's so great. Yeah, that that's lovely. I think it's so, so awesome the way people can kind of forge those connections, even in a virtual space. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you see sort of COVID-19 affecting like romances being written now in sort of like a contemporary 2020 or 2021. Um, do you have any thoughts on sort of how it will or won't appear in, in fiction? Yeah, I think, you know, that was something that I talked to a number of different writers about um, over the past year. I think for now we've all been kind of, ignoring it sort of right like I think it has not appeared on the page in a lot of books um but but I think the the emotions that many of us are going through over the past year have definitely showed up in so many books because how could they not right you know right so so much of that like there's so many books that are written during the pandemic that you will know were written during the pandemic even (laughs) if they make absolutely no mention of that um I think at some point in the future, people, it'll definitely show up in books. But I think it's something that we really have to, like, go through and be done with and also deal with, like, have time to process before, at least for me, I have to do that before I can put something in fiction. And so um, so I think, you know, I think someone a while ago kind of made reference to kind of thought about the pandemic in the same way that that fiction dealt with September 11th, right? Like, I think the ah, uh-huh. in the, the years after that didn't really talk about it because right. everyone was still processing it. But then in years later, you know, there were both books about it or books that made reference to it in that way. And so I think that's something that's going to happen, you know, in the years to come. Either we'll, books will make reference to, well, during the pandemic, this so-and-so happened, or, or there will be books set during that time. But I think... Um, and, and there's certainly like people are certainly writing pandemic set books now. I know that I can't do that just because like I need to be able to process the whole thing um, before I could really put it in fiction. But but we will see what happens. I'm I'm definitely, you know, exciting. A great writer will do really great things um, with this. And so I'm excited to see what writers do. I read um, a thriller that actually is out today on the 20th. I read an early copy of it, and it was the first time that I actually saw COVID-19 kind of woven into the story. Like, it wasn't the focus of the story, but, you know, the author mentioned, like, people wearing masks and sort of the restrictions that were being placed um, on certain cities and certain, you know, points during the pandemic. And I was just really kind of pleasantly surprised at how she was able to weave it in without necessarily, you know, somehow making it the main focus. 
Yeah, I think people are going to do really interesting things um, with the pandemic and fiction. So I, I can't wait to read all those books. So speaking of reading books, what have you read recently that you think the world should know about? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's my favorite there question. There have been so many great books out recently. I really loved Seven Days in June. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, isn't that, wasn't that so good? Yes. Um, yes, I had a ball reading that. It, you know, it's such a good romance that deals with so many big issues and their relationship is like so interesting and passionate and difficult. And I like, I just loved the whole thing. Um, and totally recommend that. I also really loved, um, this is a young adult book, uh, Rise to the Sun by Leah Johnson. Um, oh, Leah about, Johnson. Um, a few, just a few weeks ago, uh, I, it's about <clears throat> two girls at a music festival who kind who, who are both there with their best friends and, you know, they meet each other and kind of the, all four of them, you know, pair up for hijinks and then fall in love. And it's, it's, it's a really fun and thoughtful and deep kind of exploration of teen romance and the difficult things that teenagers go through. And I just loved it. Leah Johnson is, is magic. Oh, isn't she incredible? Yeah. Yes. I loved, um, you should see me in a crown Thank last you. year. And so I pre-ordered, um, Rise to the Sun pretty much as soon as it became available for pre-order. Yeah. It's great. She is just incredible. So do you have sort of favorite romance readers, um, or romance writers, I should say? that you kind of find yourself returning to again and again, kind of your like comfort reads, comfort authors. Yeah, absolutely. I have a ton. I mean, I think, you know, every romance reader like has the books that they go back to um, over and over or, or the, you know, the, the books that are um, the writers who they immediately buy. Like I love Tessa Dare's books. I love um, Farrah Roshan's books. I love uh, Courtney Milan's books, like all oh, of those Courtney Milan. really um, brought me into the genre and have like kept me going as a reader and as a writer. My favorite Courtney Milan, I can't quite decide, is either The Heiress Effect or The Suffragette Scandal. Oh, yeah, I love both of those. Yeah, she has so many great ones. I feel like her Brother's Sinister series is like just some of the very best historical romance like that's Absolutely. out right now. I mean, it's, you know, it's been out now for a few years, but it's just, it's one of those series that I always find myself recommending when people say, you know, I really want to read historical romance, but I don't necessarily want to get bogged down in like all of the, you know, the balls. Um, and not that you don't see any of that in her books, but it's definitely not like the, the focus. main focus. Yeah. And she does, just so many great things with with her historicals. I know she's written some contemporaries. I haven't read those yet. Oh, I love those. Um, yeah. But I do really love her historicals. I think my um, kind of favorite romance that's come out recently is um, Real by Kennedy Ryan. Oh, yeah. I love that yes, book. Yes. That whole, like, Harlem Renaissance, like, oh. Hollywood thing that was mm. and the double story that she tells oh yeah yes 
Yes. And I'm just very excited now because I know there's a novella that's coming out yeah. in in September. And I'm not usually a novella reader because I feel like I just like get invested in the story and then it's done. Um, but I think I will have to pick up the novella for this one because it is it is truly, truly fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait. So. Can you let listeners know just sort of some of the things that you have kind of taken away from your your journey to writing romance and kind of things that you might have learned along the way that you find valuable? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I started out writing um, a little later, I think, than a lot of writers, right? I, I was like, I've been a big reader my whole life. I fell in love with reading as a little kid. Um, and you know, my parents were both big readers who we went to the library all the time. And so oh, I loved reading my whole life, but I never really started writing. Um, and you know, until like, I, I mean, I was a lawyer, I had been a lawyer for a number of years and really started writing because I wanted a creative outlet. I, you know, I, I felt a little stuck in my work. Um, and I wanted something else to do that I was learning. And so that's when I kind of started writing and really fell in love with writing and did, you know, I, The Wedding Date was my first published book, but it wasn't the first book that I wrote. Um, ah, okay. So it, like there were a lot of things that I learned about writing in writing my first few books. And so, um, so I think one of the things that I've learned the most is kind of to, to keep going. Um, you know, I, I tried to get an agent with the first book that I wrote. I got a lot of like very supportive rejections. <laughs> um, from oh. And, but they, you know, at the time it sort of felt like, well, but you're still just saying no, though. No. <laughs> and, um, but I, but I really, you know, I kind of wrote in fits and starts and I would stop and feel discouraged and then keep going partly because like, I realized that I loved it and I wanted to keep keep trying and keep seeing if I could do this. And so that's one of the things that I've learned the most is um, to to just keep going and keep learning. And I think in every book, I have to relearn that because every book is a, I mean, I have loved writing every book and every book is a joy to me in many ways, but every book is also a struggle. You know, there's there's times in every book where I think, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, I don't know how to get from point A to point B. Are we really, do we really need to get to point B? What about point C? How am I doing this? And so, and I always just sort of have to like keep going and eventually I figure it out. But there's always a point where I'm like, well, this time I'm not going to figure it out though. <laughs> and then finally I do. And so, um, so that's a lesson that I have to relearn every time is to just, keep going and keep trying and to really rely on, you know, I certainly have not done this alone. Like I've had so many supportive friends um, in my corner and those are the people who I rely on when things are getting hard and when I'm losing faith in myself. And so those are the people that I reach out to and, um, and I'm so grateful for them and grateful that I have reached out to them in times when I've needed to. I have to say that I really love how many people who started out as lawyers eventually become authors. Yeah, that's a lot of us. <laughs> it makes me very, very happy. Well, before I let you head off to your next interview, 
I'm wondering if you can share some of the easiest places for people to find you online. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my website is jasminegillery.com and um, you can find me on Instagram at jasminepicks and on Twitter at the best jasmine. Ah, oh, I like that Twitter name. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk with me. I'm really excited for my listeners to get to know a little bit more about you and your books. Um, again, I highly recommend that people pick up while we were dating. It is out now at the time of recording. So read and enjoy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right. So new books. This is, I think, the biggest release day of 2022 so far. Now, granted, that's not saying a lot since we're only like a month in, but I have so many great things to talk about. I am super excited. So I'm going to start with a handful of books that you've heard us talk about before on our most anticipated releases of January episode. So I'm starting with one of Mika's January picks, and this is You Can Run. It's Laurel Snow, book one, by Rebecca Zanetti. Then, let's move on to one that Kristen was excited about. This is The Magnolia Palace by Fiona Davis. I read an early copy of this, and it is fantastic. If you're a fan of hers, or if this would be your first one, definitely pick it up. Georgina is excited about the new G uh, Dean Koontz book. This is Quicksilver. Brooke was looking forward to The Accomplice by Lisa Lutz. So those are some books you've heard us talk about before. Now let's talk about books we haven't mentioned. So I'm starting out with a few historicals. Marie Benedict has a new book out this week. This is Her Hidden Genius. It's the story of Rosalind Franklin, who is a scientist who did a lot of work on the development of DNA, but as is so often the case, did not get the credit that she deserved. This is Her Hidden Genius by Marie Benedict. We also have The Saints of Swallow Hill by Donna Everhart out this week. Everhart is an author that has been on my radar for a while and Saints of Swallow Hill looks like the perfect book for me to dive into to see what I think of her writing. This is set during the time of the Great Depression. It deals with labor camps and apparently talks about three people whose lives kind of intersect in one of these work camps. This is The Saints of Swallow Hill by Donna Eberhardt. June Herr, who is an author that Brooke has talked about on the podcast before, has a new book out this week. This is The Red Palace. So this is historical fiction set, I believe, in 17th century Korea. And it has all the court intrigue that we love so much in certain types of historical fiction. Um, I really enjoy The Silence of Bones by June Herr. So I am looking forward to this one. And once again, it is The Red Palace. Karen Brooks is releasing The Good Wife of Bath. Um, Brooks does these really long, complex novels about people in England 
that we just don't know about. You know, we see a lot of books about nobility, about royalty, but not so many about just sort of the common people living their everyday lives. And this is something that Brooks excels at. So her latest one is The Good Wife of Bath. And once again, it's by Karen Brooks. Okay, let's move on now to some mysteries. Eliza Jane Brazier, who wrote one of the creepiest books I read in 2021, is back with a new book. And this one is Good Rich People. It is about a woman who moves into the guest house of this rich couple that she gets to know. And they kind of befriend her, and then all kinds of bad things start happening. Um, it's a novel of obsession, and I am very, very excited for it. This is Good Rich People by Eliza Jane Brazier. We also have the latest novel by Heather Gudenkoff out this week. This is called The Overnight Guest. I'm a big fan of Gudenkopf's writing and have been for quite a while. Um, this one looks like it will be another fast-paced thriller. Apparently, this woman is spending some time in an old house. She's supposed to be alone there, but it turns out she isn't. This is The Overnight Guest by Heather Gudenkopf. We also have a new Ellery Hathaway book. This is Last Seen Alive, Ellery Hathaway, book five by Joanna Schaffhausen. And if you've read the previous books in this series, you know that things are heating up to a fever pitch here. Ellery is about to be reunited with someone from her past and this particular someone is not the kind of person you would want to be reunited with. This is Last Seen Alive, Ellery Hathaway, book five by Joanna Schaffhausen. How about a new mystery series? This is The Fields, Riley Fisher, number one by Erin Young. This looks to be a police procedural series starring a female detective who is trying to solve a murder with some links to her past. The, the basic premise seems like one that we've encountered before, but early reviews of this book kind of indicate that the author gives it a fresh twist. So this is The Fields, Riley Fisher, book one by Erin Young. And we have Greenwich Park by Catherine Faulkner. This is another one of those kind of neighborhood novels, you know, where you have this seemingly idyllic neighborhood. Everyone wants to live there, but really they shouldn't want to live there because bad, bad things happen in these places. Um, this is one that I've been on hold for at my public library for a while. I'm hoping it comes in soon. It's Greenwich Park by Katherine Faulkner. And let's talk about some romance, right? We all need some romance. Alexis Hall, who I read for the first time last year, has a new book out. This is Something Fabulous. It's Something Fabulous book one. It is about a duke who is betrothed to one twin 
but is actually in love with the other. I really enjoyed Rosalind Palmer Takes the Cake last year, and if this is even half as delightful as that one was, it will be such a treat. Um, I've heard so many good things about Hall's other works, and I definitely plan to explore his backlist, but this is also one that I am keeping an eye out for. It's Something Fabulous. Something Fabulous, book one by Alexis Hall. Then we have Running Wild. This is Simple Wild, number four by K.A. Tucker. This is set in Alaska, which makes me very happy. Um, I don't think I'd want to live in Alaska in real life, but I do enjoy reading about it. And K.A. Tucker writes so many lush and lovely contemporaries. So this is Running Wild, Simple Wild, book four by K.A. Tucker. And we have Soulmates. This is the second book in the Soul series by Jen Frederick. It picks up where last year's Heart and Soul left off. It's the story of a Korean-American adoptee who is exploring her roots and finding love along the way. This is Soulmates, Soul, book two, by Jen Frederick. And that's Soul as in the city in Korea, not like Soul, S-O-U-L. And if you're looking for something a little more YA, you might be looking for something like Love Boat Reunion. This is Love Boat Taipei, book two, by Abigail Hangwen. This um, is the sequel to last year's Love Boat Taipei about a woman who, I guess she's more like a, a young woman, who travels to Taipei and gets on this like dating reality show totally against her parents' wishes. This is Love Boat Reunion, Love Boat Taipei, book two, by Abigail Hengwen. And let's end this today with some sci-fi and fantasy. If you have been listening to the podcast for a while, you may remember Kristen talked about a Mara Fitzgerald book, um, I think in late 2020 and the sequel is finally here so this is into the ruby void it's the second in the beyond the ruby veil series so this is young adult fantasy um, lots of romance lots of complex world building um, Fitzgerald is an author that has gotten so much praise for her debut, and I'm really excited to see what the world thinks of her second book. So this is Into the Ruby Void, Beyond the Ruby Veil, book two, by Mara Fitzgerald. Marie Nijkamp has a new book out, and this looks kind of apocalyptic. It's called at the end of everything, I am on hold for this at my public library because it is about a plague that is taking over the world and we get to see some young people try to survive. I am absolutely in love with post-apocalyptic stories. I don't know why, but right at the beginning of the pandemic, I read a whole bunch of them and I've just kind of been on that kick for a while. So this is one I will definitely be reading just as soon as I can. It is 
at the end of everything and it's by Marie Kindage Camp. We also have the latest by Cressley Cole. This is Monroe and it is the 19th installment in her Immortals After Dark series. And this is one that a ton of readers are excited for because Cole hadn't been writing for a few years. So people who love this series were kind of left hanging um, in an uncomfortable situation, you know, as they tried to figure out what was going to happen to all of their beloved characters. But now the Immortal series is back and Monroe is finally out. This is Monroe Immortals After Dark, book 19 by Cressley Cole. And last up is Seven Mercies. This is Seven Devils, book two by Laura Lamb and Elizabeth May. I am most familiar with the books that Laura Lamb writes on her own. She wrote a really excellent sci-fi novel um, with like virtual reality and it involved a cult and it was just so, so good. And I've been a big fan of hers ever since. Um, I don't know a lot about Elizabeth May, but I've heard really good things about the first book in this series, which is Seven Devils. So if you like sci-fi and if you read the first book, you might be ready for the second one. This is Seven Mercies, Seven Devils, book two by Laura Lamb and Elizabeth May. And that is all I have for you this week. I hope that all of you are reading a ton of fabulous things as you're doing your best to survive the winter and the COVID surge. Things are going along as well as they can in my part of the world, and I definitely hope the same for you. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.